Welcome to the Working Women's Channel. My name is Clara Capano, and we're gonna share the real secrets to success. Come on in. and welcome to today's episode of the Working Women's Channel. I am your host, Clara Capano, and I am being joined by this an amazing ball of energy. Um, Antoinette is here with us, and she and I were connected by a mutual friend. And man, this is just someone I knew I needed to be connected with. And Antoinette, it is such an honor to have you here for Thank our you. show. So welcome, welcome. And why don't you just tell us quickly a little bit about you? Well, first, let me just say thank you. And as soon as I saw your name, not because you're a fellow Italian. Of course. I said Clara Capano. I know Clara. Yeah, I went to school with Clara. It was like that kind of feeling. So I was like, yeah, let's let's sign me up. And as you noticed, you may have noticed, I actually picked the earliest date because I was looking forward to this. Yes. Anyhow, I'm really happy to be on your show. I love what you're doing. And I love uh, connecting with uh, women who are empowered and women who are about to be empowered. Yeah. So it's a real pleasure to be here. I'm a, I'm a woman who's had many careers. Uh, I always knew I was going to be in front of the camera, but then I got to LA and I, I took off very quickly as an actress and then somehow ended up being a, a very, very prominent event planner due to just falling into it. And then I started hiring hundreds and hundreds of people running very large scale events. That I did for my house and I had two little babies which, which when you, uh, you talk about just the challenges that come up, you know, uh, I can talk about that a little bit. But anyway, I pivoted. I'm a comic, a stand-up comic. I work professionally at the comedy store. I have my picture on the wall. And, you know, so I came cool. back into, I know, I know, I know. It was so fun. I got invited there recently for, you know, I got to see Goldie Hawn and Lily Tomlin. And it was a very intimate group. It was only last weekend. But I always get so excited when I walk through the hall and, you know, there's my picture and I'm like, I've lived a thousand lives. Like that really happened. And my point in bringing it up is I, I became a comic um, just as a, a trying it out. And it turned out to be something that I, I got very successful at very fast. And then I came back to the scene right before COVID and I was doing a big show and it was called Antoinette and Friends. And I had all these big comics and I was re-emerging into kind of the limelight again as a comic and then COVID hit yeah, and it shut down the whole business. So I pivoted to talk show host, which is what I've always wanted to do since I was a little girl anyway. And that's probably why I was doing it all. Exactly. Me too. I know. Yeah. I, it's one of my most fun things to do. I just love talking with people, learning about them. So yes, you and I have a lot of that. So let's yeah. talk about this because, you know, you moved to Los Angeles, you had success, you know, early on, which not everybody has when they go out to, you know, la la land out there. But, you know, you did have these kids and talking about pivoting. We all know that the road to success is not always an easy one. When was there a time in your life where maybe, you know, it wasn't going so smoothly, you know, and you had to, you know, stand up and you had to dig deep and keep going further? Wow, I know exactly the moment. I know exactly the moment. I had two young children. I was running a very large scale events and I was doing it somehow on my own terms uh, without a computer uh, on the phone, basically training people over the phone and making sure that they would deliver these large scale events. And 
I didn't realize, and I guess a lot of people don't realize this sounds a little bit maybe too graphic, but you know, when a woman has her cycle and, and, and I was having very difficult cycles after my child, I didn't realize how much vitality I was losing every month. And I became severely anemic without even knowing. Yeah. So not only was I was was raising two small ch- children, I was need a lot of energy to begin. Two boys, two boys, two years apart, and I was running these large scale events, and I had to give up. And I got a big stand up gig at Caroline's in New York City, and I was wanting to take that, and I I just like had a system shut down. Mm-hmm. My ears started ringing from the anemia, and I I just was like, you know what? can't do this. Yeah. I'm like falling apart. And of course they didn't know I was anemic. And then when I found out, it was like, whatever, but I, I had to prioritize. I had to go, you know what? First things first, mm-hmm. my children, for my health first, mm-hmm. obviously then to take care of the children, then to kind of take care of the business and go, what? I have a plan. I'm not going to get derailed. I've come here to do this. Mm-hmm. It may take a little longer, but you have to put yourself on the list. And that would be my big message to the answer to that question is women, sometimes we don't put ourselves on our own list. Mm -hmm. And I have learned the hard way that there has to be a tremendous amount of self-care in order to care for others. And and that is an integral part of my everyday now. And without that, I could not function on the level that I function at. Yeah. You know, and it's always, it's that same message of, you know, when you're on the plane and the, you know, air masks come down, you have to take care of yourself first. And unfortunately, I think many of us learn that the hard way. I know I did too, by having my big breakdown, but you know, it also is requiring trade-offs because when you decide to put yourself first, you have to change first your mindset that it's not a selfish thing. It's actually one of the most selfless things because you can't give to others unless you're healthy, but it also does require trade-offs. It means you have to say no to some things. So what were some of the trade-offs that you found you had to make so that you could be there for yourself, but then also be there for your kids and for your business? Yeah, I had to, I had to put my career. Mm -hmm. um, That's even hard for me to even say it, but I had to put my career aside Mm -hmm. because I couldn't fit it in. I couldn't give up the job, even though my husband was working, but I was also, there was a moment where he had a, he had another financial crisis, a health crisis, and it was a severe health crisis out of nowhere. And I had to uh, just prioritize and say, you know what? Can't do this right now. I have to think about doing that at a later date. And also I would say that the helpful part of it is that I always knew as a young girl that, and I grew up in Brooklyn, um, that I knew that my success, there was a part of me that knew that my success would come later. Okay. As I, I knew, I knew that I would, I would gain enough wisdom as a, as a woman and gain enough experience as a professional and as a, as just somebody in life that I would then have more to contribute. And so there was always a part of me, a quiet part of me that was like, okay, you'll get to do it. And then oddly enough, and I hope I'm answering your question because I'm going, that when COVID hit and that, that moment of like, oh, oh, this is something in, in some way you knew you would be 
witness to, but I knew that there would be a big world shift, you know, and I knew that I would be witness to that. And somehow I went, oh, this is the moment you've been waiting for to, to, to have more visibility yeah. and to give your wisdom right. back. Because again, if COVID wouldn't have hit, you wouldn't have started the show the way that you've done it. And, you know, I said the same thing. If COVID wouldn't have hit, I wouldn't have launched this show and my other show and done some of the, the items with speaking. So it's understanding, you know, the, the quietness and sometimes surrendering and being open to the pivots right. and <laughs> knowing that right. sometimes these things are exactly what we need. Um, you know, I want to talk about this pivot because so many times this is just really on my mind right now from something that I heard over the weekend, I was listening to a podcast and this idea that sometimes things don't go according to plan. And our initial thought is it's a failure. And knowing that it's not a failure, that it's just not working right now, you know, and I think coming from your background of sometimes maybe you didn't get a part or again with having to, you know, stop, you know, doing the the comedy route and starting this, it's you, you could you had two choices. One, you could have looked at it as I'm failing or two, you could have looked at it as let's reapproach this and you know, where do you think that came from? Is that just something you were raised with? Or do you kind of hear the little voices in your head talking you off the ledge? I love your questions. And I, I really, I really, uh, I really like your message and how you communicate. So anyway, thank you for an intelligent question. I, I think I've been always very, very in tune with myself. And I've always known uh, just that road would the road would appear or the the next rock to step on would show itself. Mm -hmm. And I've always known that. And I, I am also always felt like I was being guided in, mm -hmm. in a weird way. So there's, I, I totally hear what you're saying. Sometimes you want to muscle something into happening, mm -hmm. you know, and you see it the certain way. And it's like, if I do this and I do that and I connect with this person, it's supposed to happen. And a lot of times the, whatever this is, Right, <laughs> the reality that we're living there, there is a co-creational part of it, and uh, that you sometimes there's a there's a there's a there's a way that they're co-creating with you, whoever they are, whatever this thing of called life is. There's a co-creation. Sometimes it doesn't look the way you think, but they're actually trying to get you set up so that you can have what you want, and it doesn't always look the way you think. It's actually better. It is. And I know, you know, that was something I, I had to learn as I gotten older, because I know in my 20s, and even into my 30s, I would just push so hard and be like, no, this is gonna work. And <laughs> rather than now where I'm like, okay, it's not working. Let's re-examine it. And I'm not as attached, you know, to big outcomes, but I, you know, me, that was more, you know, getting older. Um, I want to go back to this idea of, you know, the trade-offs that we make and, and, you know, being able to put your career aside and this whole concept of self-care. Um, there's a lot of women that are still struggling with this. There's a lot of women who have younger kids and this concept of self-care is still so far out of reach for them. If you saw someone you know, struggling with this, what is maybe one first step that you could offer somebody to get them to understand that this idea of investing in yourself and taking care of yourself is needed? Um, I would say that actually a couple of minutes a day Mm -hmm. 
used properly is quite powerful. Mm -hmm. right? And that even if you're raising kids, which takes a monumental effort to right. do, mm -hmm. and to do it well is the biggest gift you can give the planet, mm -hmm. is to raise integrated young people who become powerful, integrated men and women. That's what we need. And so, you know, the, the idea of raising children is highly creative and super important, but that's time consuming. Mm -hmm. I always tell the people that I run into that I have in my followers, the young women, that, you know, there's a process of just spending time with yourself that's highly manifesting. Mm -hmm. When you're in your zone and you're taking care of yourself, there's an energy that happens and you start to it's almost like it becomes exponential. You spend two minutes, that two minutes turns into four minutes. And that four minutes becomes, wow, connecting with myself. When you connect with yourself, then you can see the world differently, which enables opportunity to come to you. Yeah. You know, how is it sometimes that, you know, you and I could be sitting in a room or I could, we could be sitting next to people and we, you and I, will have a completely different experience than other people might be having. Mm -hmm. It's our framework. It's how we're, we teach ourselves to look at the world. And growing up in Brooklyn, I always say it was the best thing because it prepared me for in, in, in New York and in Brooklyn, the way I grew up, I didn't grow up like tough. I mean, I grew up in a like kind of like mob territory, like mobsters and a lot of colorful characters. But I always say that if I didn't have my eyes open at every minute of the day, I would miss an opportunity potentially, but I could also get killed. Yeah. So I learned how to navigate by kind of looking for the goodness, but staying vigilant about who I'm around. So, you know, I would say, I would say that if you have children, <laughs> give yourselves two minutes Your to minute. start with yes. and love yourself up and ask yourself how you feel about your life. And it may not be so good. You may be really beaten down and you may be feeling like, you know what? I don't have a moment and I don't really feel great about my life. Identifying that is power. Because yeah. then you know how you feel and your feelings are your power. Mm -hmm. Power source and your guidance system. Anyway. Absolutely. I love that. So a question that I've been dying to ask you, and you might have a completely different perspective since you're in it, but I love comedy. I watch comedy all the time. And from my perspective is, it is more of a male-dominated field than a female-dominated field, meaning that I see a lot more male comedians having success than female comedians. And I would love to ask, what do you think are some of the strengths that women can bring to the table, not just in comedy, but in business in general that oh. are different than men? <laughs> First of all, I don't tend to notice so much of that stuff. I, I don't know why. But, you know, maybe because I've lived a lot on my own terms and being a comedian, I came into comedy already as an actress mm -hmm. and I really came in at the top, which was magical. Right. So I didn't have to like go on the road and do all this sort of stuff. It was like immediate and it happened. And I was very grateful for that. So I didn't really feel that, oh, man, you know, guys, I love men. So I, I, I didn't really notice that. However, I. I think there's a big challenge in the world today because for for mostly for our men because they 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 haven't been given the okay mm -hmm. to feel all of the things that they feel and all of the pressures that they have all of the labels and roles that we forced them into 
we forced it in everybody. Women are in roles and men are in roles. And I just feel like men are struggling because they- I, I, I agree completely. And I mean, really, we need to- yeah, as much as I want a woman, uh, a movement to empower women, I'm hoping that you know others are doing it for men because I agree completely. We're all struggling. and actually we are struggling. And I, unless we invite men to the table as women, then then we're not necessarily going to help guide them, which is what women do. We guide and we take care of, and we also are more fluid with how, I don't know if I can use the word fluid anymore, but we're not, I don't even know what I can use anymore, but it's okay. You know, we, we understand how we feel. If you don't know how you feel in any given moment, you're not really using everything that's available to you in that moment to make decisions in business. I can be in the room and I'm often in the room in very large meetings with big executives and I'm feeling my feelings about what's taking place and what's being said. My feelings are my guidance system. Do I you know, emote? Do I get crazy? Do I? No, but they give me information. And I think for men, I would say that the big thing that would be helpful for men is to identify that feelings are okay. And your feelings actually are really important to making decisions. Yeah. And I think we see the results of decisions being made without their feelings. Absolutely. And I do think as women, again, being able that, you know, that we have a little bit more permission to, again, tap into those feelings, you know, lets us see things. And I think just naturally being a little bit more empathetic and being able to understand that is a strength for us. A lot lot more empathetic, I would even say, you know, it's like, you know, put yourself, walk in my shoes, walk a mile in my shoes. I, I think empathetic and sympathetic and caring about Everyone that we encounter is going to help us navigate whatever situation is in front of us. Yeah. And I, like, I, like I said, I really do think my heart goes out to, you know, I have two men that I'm raising. And I, so I've got a 17 year old coming up, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, you get it. And, 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 and I'm sympathetic to everything that we're enduring as well. I mean, don't get me started. I'll go crazy on what's happening and how to, how to navigate just being a woman. And I've had situations that I never had before, like casting couch, which you would not think at this you know, but, but I've had situations recently. I'm like, Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. That, that is so pervasive in the culture, in our society that that person, that man didn't even realize what he just said mm-hmm. and did. Isn't you know? it interesting? And so yeah. Very, it's pervasive. So in this situation, because this person I actually care about, I went, Oh, here's a situation that if I didn't know this person, I would be like, I would be taken back. I would be on defense. And then, but in this situation, like, wow, he was raised that that's normal. Right. Right. And so I just think as raising two men, I would, I would really encourage us to just, just not be reactive, but we'd be responsible. And, you know, I love that because I think, and again, these issues going on, we're not even going to go into them because it'll just take hours right. and hours. But right. I, you know, and it's not that we're accepting them and saying they're okay, but I do think we need to stop for a moment and look at the perceptual map because right. they may not have the intention that we think they may. And if so, they need to have the repercussions. Well, they may and they may not. And they may not. But I think just again, give it that moment to dig a little bit deeper to really find out what's at the heart of it and to have that humanity to to really bring it in and just say, okay, let's just pause for a moment rather than again, getting so reactive and blowing it up when it may not need to go that direction. Right. Because then we're at this 
we're just flipping the ball back or we're holding the rubber band. You can't, then it never, you never come to the middle. There's never a resolution. I'm not saying I know how that goes, how that, that resolution comes, but it certainly comes more if we lean into each other than, than be reactive. And, Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. So, you know, we talked about before we started recording, we talked about this idea of, you know, with my tagline and this concept of living on your terms. And you are able to say, you know, that that's something that you're very proud of is being able to live on your terms. You know, some people don't always get that. And I know for me, I didn't really understand that until I was in my thirties. Um, yeah. You know, what do you, what do you think is a message you want to give to women out there who maybe are struggling with doing it all on their terms? Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting. This whole conversation is very timely because I had to, uh, I was putting a bio, a bio together for a project that I'm working on and, and it went, they wanted a very comprehensive bio. So I was going through my whole history and I thought, wow, look at you. You really didn't have, you always made yourself the boss. Like you found a way to work for somebody else and provide this boss what, what they needed, but you were able to do it on your own terms. And I started to think, well, why is that? Why were you able to do that? Well, because I was smart and I also wanted to be able to have my freedom. And I knew that I could do the job without sitting at a desk. I knew that I could do it. If you just let me do it my way, I'll get it done. And then some, and that's what I did. And I did that throughout my whole career and many, uh, many high profile situations. So I was, I was lucky to, to have that. What's the word gumption. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sometimes I think it's hard when you have small children and you're, you have an idea, but I would say the most important thing is being able to care for yourself, let the de- let the, the seed of that idea really germinate inside you and water it first and really be with it and, 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 and decide how important it is to you and what, and I have found this and I'm sure you have as well. When you're doing things that are in service, that is for the greater good, somehow, even for in your community, the greater good, somehow that gets an extra, an extra watering session and, and it sort of grows more quickly. And so I would say, like, really spend the time to decide if that's what you want and then time manage around it, you know, find the time to really explore it. Because as you explore it, that excitement grows. And if there's a little bit of in-service to it, it grows exponentially. And that's kind of how I would I approach every idea. Because sometimes you have an idea and you're really not sure. Like, like you sometimes think, I've learned this from a master. Like I'm working with somebody who's masterful, who's worked with creators across, you know, the many disciplines. One thing I have learned from him is sometimes you have to pivot mm-hmm. in the process of, entrepreneurship right you start off with one idea but then it changes and then you put it down and it changes and you have to be okay with that process of growth and not look at it as a failure look at it as as a way to progress and that will kind of I think help you germinate an idea and take it to fruition I agree I just think that's so beautiful is again just spending time and again thinking and looking at it and letting it germinate I think that's great so I know that your journey is nowhere near being done. So <laughs> no, what can you share with us? What's next on the play for Antoinette? Oh, Lordy. I have, um, my, my talk show is Antoinette and Friends. 
Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just excited to be getting a lot of really beautiful uh, people coming towards me uh, across all of the disciplines, which I'm so excited about. And um, I wish I could tell you who they are, but we, we can't because we just can't. But there's a lot of really beautiful television stars that have, you know, affected my whole life. And we have some uh, creators on multiple levels. So I'm really excited about the next season, which is coming up. We're shooting starting November 12th. Um, I'm working as a producer. So I'm working on a, a very big project right now. So I'm just excited because I'm expanding my skill set, mm-hmm. which I realize, you know, sometimes you have a skill set. You go, well, it doesn't fit into any box. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fit into any label of like, oh, this is this job and this is this job. You have this beautiful spectrum of things that you do. And so I'm just excited that I'm I'm able to utilize a lot of the things that make me really happy. But it's been a long ass road. It has been a long ass road. I mean, seriously, my kids are older now and boy, and they're almost out of the house. And I'm really doing my best to stay present with them because I know how this is just a moment. And and I also know that when you have 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds, this is an important trajectory time where you send them off. Mm -hmm. And so I'm also, you know, I'm really focused on my boys, to be honest. That's part of the answer to the question is um, I want to send them off in in a beautiful way. And I also want to appreciate the little time I have left with them under my wings. Love it. Oh, well, this has just been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for sharing time with us today. You know, some of the things that we covered is, again, listening to your own inner guide, the power of taking care of yourself and how that leads to success. And, you know, again, just learning how to make sure that you're living on your terms, even if that means pivoting from time to time. So thank you so much for sharing these lessons. I can't wait for all of our audience to see that. And we'll put all of our, your contact information, all of it to be able to watch your show. But is there one platform that's, you know, is the best platform for people to find you? Yes. Thank you so much. I have AntoinetteAndFriends.com, but if you go to my YouTube channel, it's Antoinette and Friends, you'll see, um, you'll see a lot of the interviews and conversations. I've had in-depth interviews, conversations with some, some really interesting people. It's, uh, it's more than the usual seven minutes that the major networks give, so we're able to delve in. And I would just love you to uh, go to my YouTube channel and hit subscribe and notification and, and have a good time if you have time. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Well, Bye. thanks so much. Thank you so much. And and thank you, listeners. Thank you for following us for another episode of the Working Women's Channel. We will see you next time. 